I mean, it's kind of cute, right? Hello, and welcome back to Kind of Cute, and if you're new here, welcome. My name's Bailey Evan, I'm your host, and on Kind of Cute, we discuss articles from the cut and my general pop culture musings. Y'all, it's Thanksgiving Day as we're recording this. It's a special themed episode this week because I figured, why not? I'm here with the people I am most thankful for. My siblings, even though even they're already annoying me, Kenzie's snapping and she knows how important audio is and is snapping in the mic. So this might be a bumpy ride, but I am very thankful for them. I love them very, very much. (laughs) Okay, so I wanted to talk about some things before I bring them on. Just some things I've been thinking about lately. And first off, can I say I'm a hoe for a lot of things, obviously. Obviously, I'm a pop culture hoe. I die for a Christmas list. It can be a Christmas list like what to buy your man, what to buy your your niece, your nephew. I don't even have a man. I don't have a niece or nephew. If I see that pop up in the feed, like I am clicking on it. And I would say I'm a very I'm a good gift giver and maybe it's because I have imbibed so many gift lists over the years. Like I can just not help myself. So, if you need a good gift recommendation, you know legit shit is always a good place to look. But uh, I can also send some nice lists your way. I I mean, honestly, I like making Christmas lists so much and reading them. I will curate one for you. I will curate like for your personal, not like a kind of cute one for you personally. Okay. Another thing that I forgot to talk about is that when I was at Liz's wedding recently, the one in Houston, Terea informed me that she went to high school with MGK. And I am like, how have all of my, like, they just like popped up and looked at me when I said this. I know it's shocking. I've been friends with her for over 10 years now. And she just tells me this now. I'm like, don't you think that's something I would want to know? Uh, and she's like, oh, yeah, yeah, Colson, you know, and she shows me this picture of him in high school. Like they weren't friends, but like they did go to high school together. She also dated a Crip. So I don't really know what was going on over there in the Denver high schools. <laughs> get the my siblings pieces this is why i have to have a solo podcast because i just like cannot i'm so easily distracted and oh my gosh um okay oh speaking of terea terea also asked me the other day to send her photos of my tattoos because her husband yes her husband wants to incorporate my tattoos into a tattoo of his alongside his ass tattoo of a monarch butterfly and I I didn't think that my first tattoo in my honor would be from my friend's husband but I'm excited about it like I I think it might be bad juju like I really don't believe about tattooing someone's name on your body and I think he was thinking about getting like BEF with like an envelope because I have an envelope tattoo an orange tattoo and a moon tattoo so I'm very intrigued to see how this comes out now on the concept of tattoos I want to bring you guys on the podcast now officially hold on one second Kenzie we're going to do some intros first and then we're going to talk we can talk about the tattoos and the ones we want to get all right also, I apologize. I am I am bossy. I am the oldest sibling, and I probably will seem like a bitch throughout this podcast, but, you know, they're used to it. All right, so first up, we have the tried and true, the one all of you guys know, Mackenzie. Yo. <laughs> Her own intro music. Amazing. Yeah. Next. I'm on the mic this time, not in the background. Thank God. Next up in line, we have Sheridan Ecker. What up? It's your girl. <laughs> and very last, the baby of the family. 
Yeah, but I'll be the star of the show. So. I I have no doubt. Yeah, I will. But... He doesn't shut up. He doesn't even get a name. He doesn't even get a name. <laughs> it's Trey. But... <laughs> you already talked about me on one of your recent podcasts. Yeah, episodes, last the so. last episode I recorded. Yeah, so. All right, so Kenzie, what did you have to say about the tattoo? Oh, for one, like, um, why does he want to have your tattoos? Girl, if I knew, I I really I don't know. Like I'd I, like they, to think it's just because of the admiration or the friendship that you guys have. But it was just when you said that, I was like, uh, I'm sorry, what? Like, yeah, I think they're just really big, kind of cute fans. That's sweet of that's very sweet of him. I just was I was a little, <laughs> and then the idea of you saying with the envelope with your initials, I was like. Your your initials like it's one thing to have an envelope, but like your initials is a totally different we'll thing. We'll see if it happens. It's what Trey is asking for for Christmas. Damn. Anyways, we are also talking about getting sibling tattoos. This has been a debacle. Yeah. I think the holdup well, there's been a few holdups. For years Danny said she wouldn't get one. And then And Trey wouldn't and Trey would say he wouldn't get one either. Exactly. It's just I really, really dislike needles. And I know Bailey does too, but like I don't know. Until recently it's been a no go, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. We're both fainters, but I will say I don't have as much of a problem when it's like a voluntary procedure, like a piercing and a tattoo. It doesn't feel as sterile and clinical and creepy as a doctor situation because you know, that's where we faint. I feel like it's we associate it a little bit with past experiences. Yeah, I think that's definitely part of it. But also, I just like the idea of like, and I know a tattoo is not like fully piercing your skin, but it's still going like, like it's still getting underneath your skin. And so for sure, I don't know. That I still will throws me off. It feels more like a scratching than a cutting or a poking. Yeah, it feels nothing like a needle to me. Like there's it's a very different sensation than a shot. So, OK, let's get into our main theme for this episode we want to talk about the rugrats thanksgiving episode is there more than one or is that the only one that's the main one and i will say bailey definitely humored me on this because every year i ask for the rugrats thanksgiving episode to be played on thanksgiving because of how much i love it well we all love it it's not just me but i am definitely the one who is like, so are we going to watch the Thanksgiving episode? Or are we going to watch the Thanksgiving episode? And we watched it this year. And Bailey's like, yeah, let's watch it. Let's talk about it. And I'm very thankful for that. So thank you for that, Bailey. Of course. Well, to give context about like the love of Rugrats and our family, I named my first dog, Spike, rest in peace, such a little angel dog. He was a golden retriever. Uh, we got him when I was like, how old was I seven yeah because he was the same he was born when I was born yeah so he was so cute I named him Spike after the dog in Rugrats I just loved Rugrats and I think so many of the so much of the humor went over my head at the time and I have to say rewatching it now it really stands up to a rewatch on top of that my family always compares me to Angelica Pickles uh which is offensive it is offensive because of the fact that Angelica is really rude when you're watching it. And, like, I've always told Bailey, because I feel like I, a lot of times, am the one who says Angelica. And I, like, continue the joke. Like, I bought Bailey an Angelica Pickles ornament last year because of the joke. 
Uh, but I'm like, it's because you're the oldest and because like you do have a tendency to be the ringleader in the sense of like, no, 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 we're going to do it this way because like I definitely know a little bit better how to do it, um, which I will always say to Bailey is. And I, it's mainly with me more than the other two, but I am definitely the dumb baby out of Bailey and me. And so I do something wrong and she's like, oh, my God, you dumb, dumb. I was going to say, in this analogy, we are the dumb babies. So I definitely think it's more unflattering on our end than hers. Yeah. We also can't forget who Cynthia is because it would be Gergi. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that that's Accurate. an apt comparison. Okay, but wait, the dumb babies are so kind and nice. They're but so dumb, dumb babies. <laughs> but they're not actually dumb. They're really smart, especially. They are. They're very wise. They, but they are babies. They're babies. What I'm hearing is a compliment to us. Yeah, for sure. Okay, good. Just making sure that's where it was going. But I will yeah. say, so much of the comedic, like relief, like so much, so much of the comedy period in that show is from Angelica. She's got some zing. Like, look, think of, think of the zingers alone in that episode. Yes. In okay. One so episode. Let's get into the actual episode. And I'm sorry. I hope you're not turning off, you know, your stereo right now. I promise this. We'll try to keep this somewhat entertaining. The meat of the episode, if you will. <laughs> but I'm. So it starts off and Dee Dee is telling the babies a story of the first Thanksgiving and this I kind of take issue with because it is a very glossed over story of the first Thanksgiving. It makes it seem like the nice pilgrims really welcomes the Native Americans to their dinner table and they were all besties. And the babies are all dressed up as Native Americans, which is maybe the 90s, but a little problematic now. Yeah. And at one point in the episode, Angelica tells them to take the feathers off their head. And I was like, did she realize this was culturally appropriative? <laughs> She could have, you know, Charlotte was, Charlotte, Charlotte is a girl boss. The original girl boss. Is the ori- the OG girl boss. Not even a girl, she's just a boss. She is. She doesn't gaslight gatekeep girl boss. No, she doesn't. She just she keeps it real. She's always negotiating. She's always on the phone. She's making the money. Hello, Jonathan. And meanwhile, her husband, Drew, Drew. is fucking useless. <laughs> like, we're watching the show and Bailey points out, she's like, I forget actually how much the adults are in the show and the adults really are just as funny of characters as the kids are and i was saying i was like you know one thing i do love about this show is that drew drew's like a stay-at-home dad i don't think drew works at all and drew is fucking useless like he does nothing he's always like okay next time just go ask your mom okay princess if you need something just ask your mother (laughs) And then he and then he goes to bitch at Stu, his older brother. Like I'm like, what do you? Well, I'm like, what do you do, Drew? What do you do? You wear a sweater vest and glasses. And he looks fire doing it. <laughs> so to get back to the plot of the story, Dee Dee tells them a story about the first Thanksgiving, and then Tommy decides he wants to have a Thanksgiving with the babies. A Thanksgiving. A Thanksgiving. Yes, because you know they always they can't pronounce things right. Anyways, so Tommy decides he wants to throw a Thanksgiving dinner, and he's like, let's invite Angelica, (laughs) and the other baby's like, oh, great. So they go and invite Angelica, and Angelica's like, dumb babies, I don't want to go to your Thanksgiving party. I want to have a Tracy's Day parade, except it's going to be the Angelica Day parade. Help me make my floats, babies. And they're like, nah, dog, like, we don't want to make the floats. We want to make our Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving dinner. Thanksgiving. (laughs) 
our Thanksgiving dinner. Meanwhile, the entire time as you hear like the Dee Dee, well, it's mainly Betty and Charlotte. Betty, who you know is our our lesbian icon. I mean, now canonically lesbian icon. Yes, allegedly in the reboot of Rugrats, Betty, who plays Phil and Lil's mom, will, will be, a, be lesbian. a lesbian. But to me, it seems very clear in the original Rugrats that, that she Betty, was kind of always there. <laughs> Betty and Howard are beards for each other. Yeah. Like, well, either she, they're either beards for each other, or as Trey said, he's like Howard's just a simp. She wears the little feminine symbol on her on her sweater. I feel a little bad saying she's clearly lesbian because I think it's very much like typecasting because she she's yeah. like a butch lesbian, which I think is unfair to be like, oh, if you're like a butch woman, like you were in a lesbian. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I get what you're saying, but also, I mean, look at her. <laughs> <laughs> OK, so during this, Lou, Lou's the name of the grandpa, right? Yes. It's so, Lou Stew and Drew. Yeah. So his kids are very Stu and creative Drew. names. Lou goes out, so he's supposed to be buying the turkey. Instead, he wins a turkey, and they're like, he's like, the turkey's going to be delivered by four. All of the rest of the parents are at a tizzy because they're like, if the turkey gets her at four, like, there's no way it's going to be cooked in time for dinner. Yeah. And he's like, ah, it's going to be fine. Well, lo and behold, when the turkey arrives, it is a live chicken. <laughs> turkey. <laughs> live chicken. <laughs> Look at all those chickens. <laughs> It's not even, yeah, he wins not a turkey, but a chicken. That should have been the ultimate plot twist. <laughs> it actually is a turkey, though. That was just my bad. Uh, so the babies find this turkey, and they call him Mr. Turkey, and they become determined to basically pardon this turkey and make sure that he does not become dinner. Well, they don't even realize that he's going to be dinner. Oh, you're right. They're like, oh, this is a new friend, and we're going to invite him to our, our Thanksgiving. Right. But the thing is, Mr. Turkey is in love with Spike. Like, and so they realize that the turkey likes Spike, and so they have to use Spike to get the turkey to kind of behave. <laughs> and then we also get the best Angelica zinger of the entire episode, and I'm going to let Kenzie do it because I won't do it justice, but here we go. It's the... Uh, what, she says something and she's like what are you doing with the turkey and they're like we're gonna invite him to our th- our thanksgiving dinner and she's like oh he's coming to dinner all right <laughs> he's gonna be dinner how can he be dinner if he's alive he can't <laughs> <laughs> she's so maniacal this is why i'm offended that they think i'm angelica i don't even eat turkey i do have a question though are you more offended that we say you're like angelica or more offended that we say you're like alexis rose or, okay, I get Alexis Rose, Angelica, and Cusco. Those are Honestly, my favorite characters. they're great characters. And Bailey, I'm really sorry, but the similarities are there. They could not Let's be more not self-absorbed. Tom Haverford. Oh, my God. <laughs> the problem is, Bailey, the, the, the funny thing about Bailey is she focuses on the most negative aspects of those characters, whereas I think the rest of us focus on the most positive aspects of those characters, which is the sheer, like, comedy that they provide. The, the content that they provide, the... Everything okay, about can them. I interrupt the je ne sais quoi. I, I appreciate the je ne sais quoi. They are very good, you know, watching good TV. But at their core, they are all so inherently selfish. They only care about themselves. And, and I you think are that's very much not sad. like that. You aren't like that. In fairness, all three of them undergo really incredible moments. Like they, they have growth throughout the Yeah, shows. their character arcs are, are they impeccable. They become less selfish. And they, you see the best parts. And I think their best parts are you. 
Oh, that's really sweet, Danny. And maybe I'll find a Ted. That would be that'd be great. That would be the there ultimate, especially like season three, Ted, <laughs> when he bolts when he up. comes back and they're like, oh, my God, Ted. <laughs> <sighs> I mean, that was really the greatest. We're like, if you're season one, Ted, you're like, oh, Ted, Ted's, Ted's cute. And then you're like, season three, Ted, you're all like, damn. Oh. <laughs> Ted <laughs> looks like that. Yeah. Ted looked like that. So to get back to Angelica, she tells she terrifies these babies that the Mr. Turkey's about to be on the freaking dinner table. And then she, she entraps them. She literally entraps them. She bribes him. She goes, Well, you know, if you help me with my Angelica Day parade, then maybe I'll help you uh I won't tell the parents about the turkey and you can save him from being on the dinner table. I mean cunning. Yes. Succession level. Cunning. Yes. <laughs> So, what's his name kendall could never he could never have that foresight so the babies are like guess we have to <laughs> anything for mr turkey meanwhile the grandpas are going on a hunt for the turkey where the grandpas are like looking in the closet they find a feather duster like it's it's a shit show but this also brought up another point that i want to talk about rugrats is that Dee Dee's parents are Russian Jewish immigrants. And this at the time, I feel, even to this day, is groundbreaking for a children's TV show. Oh, it's so groundbreaking. Like I said, like we love other we love all of the Rugrats specials, but like the first one that they had made was the Passover special. And like that was revolutionary and it was one of like the most successful I think it was the most successful Rugrats episode, one of the most successful, like, Nick episodes. And it's what caused them to do the Hanukkah episode and then subsequently, like, later episodes as well. But, yeah, it was. It's, like, the idea that Tommy's the main character. Yeah, and he's, he's and Jewish. And he's Jewish. And his, his grandparents are immigrants. Yeah, and, and you're seeing this Jewish representation and, and immigrant representation. The grandpas are I, I sometimes wonder if Lou Stuffers from like a little bit of like PTSD, like he's kind of reliving his war times in the Yeah, episodes. he always talks about his time in the war and they don't say World War Two, but he's always like talking about like he was like when I was in Normandy, he's like I, I couldn't speak of I could have speak a lick of parlay vu. <laughs> like, oh, it's so great. And the Russian grandpa what's his name? Boris. 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 Boris and Minka. Like, Boris. the names alone let you know that they're, like, stereotypical Russian Jewish immigrants. They're like, they're like, let's choose, yeah. Danny, can you give us a names. little bit of Russian? Da, конечно. What does that mean? Yes, of course. Give us more. It was a really lazy answer. Um, ya gavaru paruski, chuchu i ochen ploha. Wow, stunning. What was that? I speak Russian, but very poorly. <laughs> And very little. <laughs> I thought it sounded beautiful. There's a point in the episode where Charlotte's like, Angelica, stop it. Or, or come help me make the rumaki. And I'm like, I know my foods. Okay, I love food. I know an, an old-fashioned app. Give me a cheese ball covered with the little, like, you know, weird. Beef sh- cheese ball? Yeah. yeah. I mean, again, not anymore. But back in the day, woo. The chipped beef. The chipped the beef. Chipped beef. Yes. I was like, what's a rumaki? And Kenzie's like, it's a date covered thing. It's a water chestnut. It's a water, a water chestnut, chestnut with a meat with and a bacon date. and like a little bit. I was like, I thought it was a scallop, but we looked it up and it was liver patty. And I was like, oh, and she was like, how do you know this? Yeah. And she's like, one time my third grade teacher mentioned liking rumakis. And I just remembered ever since. And I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> Kenzie's also a walking encyclopedia for any weird fact. 
Like, if it is not useful to anyone, Kenzie will know anything about it. We want her to be on Jeopardy really badly. Yeah, I know. And then I think I'd freeze up and I know absolutely nothing. But rumaki, it just like is a weird word. Like it stood out to me. I was like, you would never use the word rumaki except for saying I'm making rumaki as an hors d'oeuvre, you know? Again, it just blows my mind. She was also teaching us about how there's different big birds in different countries. Ah, yes. Yeah. And honestly, it's fun. So my girlfriend's parents are from Brazil and I went over... And saw them today, and I was talking to them about their big board, big bird, Garibaldo, and uh, they didn't recognize it until I said that, and they were like, oh, yeah. Um, So it is a thing. It is real. Yeah, and what we mean is that, like, the you know, our big bird is yellow, but in other countries, it'll be different for that country. I thought that, was it the Danish one, or what was the one? Netherlands. So there's the Netherlands one, which is called Pino. He was blue and cute. We don't need to go through all of them, Kenzie. We cannot. She would be able to, but we're not going to do that. Yeah. But basically, they all looked really different. They're all different birds. They're different types of birds. Yeah. And I was like, it just blew my mind that they wouldn't just like copy paste the same big bird, you know? Yeah. That's what I liked about it. And then I told asked Troy, I was like, have you ever seen this other weird crocodile thing from Brazil? And then I looked it up for him. And there, if you ever are familiar, if you ever are curious, it's called a kuka. And it's like an old, um, folklore. it's a folklore, but it was like this character on this old Brazilian TV show. And it's a big crocodile lady with the big, with a big wig. Yeah. So actually when I went over there, I told them about this and then they went and put an episode of this on. And I got to tell you, it is so funny freaking weird and this little crocodile lady she like does magic and she like poofed somebody into a frog and i don't like it was all in portuguese and like i understood some of it but like it was just it was weird um and kind of nightmarish and yeah i didn't like it i'm glad we didn't have it in the states (laughs) well that's what i've always read from that they're like it is purely frightening to watch this especially if you're a child they're like because a kuka is like a it's like a monster in folklore that, like, if you're not a good child, it'll scoop you up and eat you. Um, and so, yeah, it's very freaky. But I'm sorry. We've digressed very far from the Thanksgiving special. Yes, yes. Yeah, that's all I was going to. I was going to say, let's get back to the Thanksgiving special. Okay, Trey, lead us on. What, what, where, where were we? Now? Where were we? We were we're talking about Rumaki. We're at the parade, the Rumaki. Um, we're now at the. Lou the, and Boris are hunting. Yes. And but what happens then? The, oh, football, okay. Well, well, I mean, there's the football, but also all the moms go to the grocery store. Yes. Oh, yes. Uh, yeah. And uh, there is one turkey left. Uh, so um, Betty, that's her name, right? Betty, yeah. yeah. Betty goes and uh, she tries to get the last turkey, but she's foiled. Um, I could have taken her out. <laughs> Literally, the other lady runs, pushes the cart into Betty. Betty goes head first into the grocery cart. Yeah. Fully just falls into the cart. Falls out of the cart. Is like, I could have taken her out. I mean, really promoting violence over this freaking turkey. But, like, I feel like that is an American Thanksgiving in a nutshell. Oh, totally. People die on Black Friday. Yeah. And so that's why there is. And then the woman, she runs away cackling with the turkey in her hands. Just a quick sidebar. I know we're going to get back to the Rugrats, but, like, is anyone else kind of annoyed that Black Friday has become, like, a now, like, all of November is Black Friday? Like, there's not really... No, I love it. I I mean, it's nice, but it's also kind of, like... Because I'm done with my Christmas shopping. I told you guys, I'm re- I love a list. Like, hit me. 
I don't. I need you to help me because I genuinely, when people ask me what I want for Christmas, I'm like, I don't Dude, know. I will help and if you. I had to shop for myself, like I, I was thinking about it earlier, and I was like, if I like sat down and was like, well, what do I really need? I'm like, I don't. I can't think of a thing. Well, okay. okay. I say I love helping and I love lists, but boys are so much more boring. Every year, it's like, uh, why don't you get him some socks and underwear and maybe a cologne? And it's like, we well, don't even he get has a enough of those. Like, Should we get that? Do you want that? I mean, just get skateboard stuff, and then that'll that'll probably do it. Yeah, you get skateboard stuff, clothes, some tech stuff. Sometimes, yeah. Sometimes. Yeah, I mean you're right. Like te- like there's uh, like, like lenses. Like I got a lens stuff. last year. So yeah, like, yeah, yeah. There, there's things. It's just hard to think. I, I'm I'm terrible at making. It's lists. just boring because like you don't have accessories. Like you don't have a cute little bag. Can we can we get boys wearing little cute bags? Yeah. Why? I just think it'd be cute. I just want boys to have to spend as much as I do. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm fine if you want to, like, I'm fine with getting the amount that girls spend in cash. I would, that would be great. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, that would be fine with me. Your stuff's expensive, too, bro. I like, know it is, yourself. but... Okay, like, anyway, back to the Thanksgiving <laughs> special. Um, so, where were we? I don't even remember. Well, at that point... They they've come back. They have all sorts of weird tur- turkey things. Wait, can so I fill this in? Dogs. They yes. they become very brutal to each other at this point. All the moms and Howard, because Howard's just like one of the gals. Like even at one point, Betty's like, "Come on, girls!" And Howard's clearly <laughs> yes, with that's them. That's my favorite part. <laughs> and so they come back to the house and they have all of these random foods like hot dogs and stuff. And Charlotte's bartering with her fancy French mustard. She's like, "I'll trade you like my French mustard for a franc." Yeah, and. She has a frozen turkey dinner. And Betty's clearly just so overwhelmed or maybe sexually repressed that she just puts all the hot dogs in the packaging in In the the packaging. She was just like full on just shoves them all in the microwave. And, and no one like, says We're gonna anything. have it. No one says anything. And I was like, "You're you're expected to cook a turkey. You're gonna cook a turkey, and yet you want to put a micro your your hot dogs in a microwave with casings on the plastic yeah. casing on. Yeah. And so she she's like, "We're gonna nuke this. Like, let's go." And then fast forward, and it of course blows up and like catches on fire. Of course, and Betty yet, is the one to. They blame someone it. else. They blame the turkey for this disaster. <laughs> yeah. yeah so. so then they're literally on this witch hunt for the turkey because they're like, the turkey's the reason our food blew up. The turkey's the reason our 10 TVs we set up to watch all of the football games in America blew up. In fairness, Stopped. that's accurate. But as our dad pointed out annoyingly every time this was brought up, he's like, there's only one football game on. On Thanksgiving yeah, he's Day. Like, he, yeah, like Stu and Drew have asked everyone to bring over a television from their house so that, and they have satellite dishes and they're like, we're going to set up the satellite dishes and we can watch every single game. And dad's like, there's only one game. And we're like, it's a television show, dad. And he's like, but there's only one game. Also, can we talk about the dedication to bring old 90s TVs? <laughs> like, I write literal bricks, and they're like, "Yeah, we'll we'll carry them over with a satellite dish and set this up for." And they like stack them day. on top of each like other. It's like, it's like a cheerleading pyramid. And while they're watching it, Drew, keep, Stu keeps having to be like, "Drew, no, I'm looking at this game." 
Yeah, he's like, oh, you need to turn the volume up. He's like, I'm trying to. And it's like, you're turning up the wrong volume. And then poor Chaz at one point tries to switch one TV to watch like a National Geographic yeah. channel. And Drew, and Drew just bullies him. He's like, you can watch your nature documentary series every other day of the week, Yeah, and Chaz. it's really toxic masculinity because poor Chaz goes over and starts reading his book about like clogs or yeah. something. And then he falls asleep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I want to be like, um, I'm sorry, we don't need to bully Chaz anymore. He is a single dad trying to do his best. Yeah. Like, and then I want to be like, what What do you do, Drew? What do you do? <laughs> Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. I think we in our family relate most to Drew as the dad. In our- <laughs> that's, that's a little brutal towards dad. Um, he's like a Drew in a stew. Yeah. I feel like he's like all of them mixed together. That's the beauty of the show is I think there's a little bit of everyone in each yeah, character. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but and then and then oh, my favorite, I love Angelica and he she's trying. Now the turkey supposedly ruins the parade because the turkey chases Spike and then that all gets ruined. She's like, "Well, I'm telling all of the adults that you have the turkey and we're going to eat the turkey for dinner." And all of the babies are like, no, Angelica. And then she's trying to tell all the adults. And they're just ignoring her, thinking she's just being an annoying kid. That's another ongoing theme about Rugrats is like the the children trying to alert the adults to what's actually going yes, on. And, and the, the adults, adults ignoring them. Being kind of blinded by their own going on. Which genuinely, I think, is the most accurate part of the show. Like, But also, have we seen Phineas and Ferb? I think this is a pretty common theme in television. Yes. Again, I've actually never seen Phineas and Ferb. What? Are you serious? I mean, I know it's like past your time, but like, I know. Regardless, it's a show that holds up. Like, Rugrats holds up. Phineas and Ferb holds up. Yeah. Plus, what's his face? The creator is like TikTok famous now. Um, Yeah, like the the Phineas and Ferb creator. He's like TikTok famous now. So, yeah, you should watch it. Okay, I'm down. Phineas and Ferb is really great. I, I was talking about it just the other day in school. <laughs> That's what Kenzie's of teacher student. Mm-hmm. Well, back to Rugrats now. <laughs> yeah, anyway. <laughs> so I guess eventually what happens is the... the, all the, all the well, the babies are trying to make the turkey fly away because they're like, well, you're going to get eaten if you stay here. So they're trying to get it to fly over the fence. And as Kenzie said, they had a really good take on physics because they realized they can use the seesaw to to propel him (laughs) over the fence yeah and they're doing a really good job and then but eventually obviously the the turkey is discovered and um and then they're like and then the turkey obviously ruins the satellite dishes the games are off that's when the microwave goes and explodes and then they find out that the turkey's there and they're like well the turkey ruined everything and they're like we have no food and then they're like well we do have a turkey i was fucking drew of course it was drew saying well we do have turkey and then i'm like what do you uh, what do you do drew you're a stay-at-home dad are you gonna (laughs) wring the turkey's neck are you gonna pluck the feathers off the turkey because it's a live turkey so then all the babies guard the turkey to save it from being eaten and the parents are like, I think they don't want us to eat it. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> the first time they they listen to their children. But Dee Dee is like, you know what? We've been so mean to each other the entire day. Yeah, Dee Dee, what I realized, and I guess I did realize this when I was younger, but 
Didi is very similar to Tommy. Yeah. Like, Didi always plays the mediator like her son Tommy does. You have a lot of similarities between Phil and Lil and Betty. Like, I feel like Betty is Phil and Lil in one. Like, yes, she has she her is. masculine and feminine yes. side. And then you have Chucky, who's a lot like Chaz. Just they're kind of meek. They'd rather watch, like, the nature video. Yes. You have Angelica, who is Charlotte, who's going to grow up. Even at one point, Drew's like, stop holding your breath. Mommy wants you to go to Harvard. And then she goes, let's go over breath. And, like, you know Angelica was at Harvard one day. Yes. Like, of course. Whether she got in there on intellect alone or because she argued her way in there, we will never know. Like an but... Elwood-style video yes, exactly. submission. Um, yeah, so Didi's just like, this isn't what Thanksgiving's about. It's not about the turkey. It's not about the football. It's a very, like, Grinch Christmas moment. It's yes. not about the gifts. Yes. <laughs> Perhaps about... uh, Christmas is a little bit more, yes. And then, you know, so it's very wholesome. It ends like that. They eat cereal. They eat the reptar cereal that the babies provide them that they were trying to have their original Thanksgiving with. It all comes full circle. It's very great. It's one of my favorite, like specials of a of a television it's just so heartwarming very well done it really just goes to show you like yeah how i feel like wonderful of a show rugrats was and ahead of its time they just need to remake it now and not have the babies like being and like actually showing that the atrocities that happened to the native americans because i think maybe because again in in the passover and hanukkah ones i feel like they're much more i haven't watched them in a long time but they're pretty um educational they are like I said. I was I was saying in the beginning. Uh, I was like, you know, when I was a kid, the only way I, I knew anything about Passover or Hanukkah was because of Rugrats. Yeah, because obviously we we very much glossed over those in history class. It was like, yes, the that is a very important Jewish holiday, and that's a very important Jewish holiday. And moving on. So since we took um, longer than it would have just taken you to watch the Rugrats Thanksgiving special to explain it, but I hope you liked our input on it. And maybe it just reminded you of a time, a simpler time, because I think everyone my age watched Rugrats. Yeah. Um, should we end off by talking a little bit about Taylor Swift? I mean, we, we had to eventually, didn't we? I mean, yeah. You talked about it, but there hasn't been a an all four of us discussion. Right. So what? how do we want to go about this? Well, let's ask Trey first. Yeah. Because I, I feel the like the rest of us could go could go a lot longer. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to ask the least Taylor Swifty fan here. I know. I think that'll give us a more true representation. So have you listened to the entire... It's a hefty album. Is it really 30 songs long? What? Is it 30 songs long? Her, Taylor's... The, the Red release of Taylor's version? Yeah. Yeah, it's like thirty songs long because I was I went when I was picking up Izzy the other day. I put it on and I was scrolling through Spotify and I was like, "Holy crap, this is longer than a playlist." Yeah, it's thirty songs. So long. no, the answer is no. I've not listened to the whole thing. Oh. Um. I I don't listen to Taylor Swift on my own. I hear Taylor Swift when y'all are around. I hear Taylor Swift when Izzy's around. Um. But I'll I'll ask throw some questions out. I'll All answer. right. Well, how do you feel about Jake Gyllenhaal really being dragged right now due to the ten minute version of All Too Well? Yeah. So I I I suppose I'm here for it. I mean, I I don't really know how to answer this, but like, what do you what do you what are your thoughts on it, Bailey? And then I'll go from there. You know, I feel kind of bad for him in the sense that 
he was younger at the time. This was a long time ago. I'm sure he was like a complete jerk. But I'm like, when when that much time has passed, do, do I really think he wants his name being drug up in this way again? Like for a relationship he had ten years yeah, 10 ago, years ago like. Right. Yeah, yeah. And of course, I'm totally on Taylor's side on this. I think she's well within her rights to to talk about the experiences she's been through and how they affected her. But on the other hand, I'm like, do I think people should be commenting like a million red scarves on Jake Gyllenhaal's Instagram and like calling him a monster and blocking him and boycotting him? Like, eh, like, eh. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you there. At the end of the day, 10 years is a long time. Plus, like, he was... I mean, I know he was, what, 32 at the time? So he 30? was 29. 30, 29, okay. He was 29. He's 29. You're right. Cause, no, because it's uh, Dylan O'Brien's 32. 30. Or he's, 30. I thought he was 32 right now. I thought we looked it up. So okay, sorry. Sadie Sink is 19. 19 he's, 30, he's 30. And they dated when Taylor was 20 and Jake was yeah. 29. Right, okay. I knew the numbers were close. Did 32 was the, just stuck on it. the video? Uh, I haven't watched the video, no. Okay. I've been asked to watch the video multiple times and I've yet well, to do dang, it. Well, dang, Trey. That should have been prep for this podcast. It should have been prep, I know. But then you dragged me into my room and then said, we're doing the podcast. So. <laughs> <laughs> <It's> exposed. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, well, have you heard any of the new ones, like from the vault ones? Yeah, yeah. I've heard some of them. I don't know the titles, but I've heard Do I've you heard have a songs. favorite? Like you could sing it for us? I could not. No, not a chance. Is there a Taylor Swift song in her catalog that really resonates with you as a male? It, honestly, no, not really. I, I'm not a big Taylor Swift fan, but at the end of the day, I don't find any of her music offensive. I find it all pretty catchy. I, I, I think with Taylor, it's one of those things where it's like, you know, for me, I could take it or leave it, but do I think Taylor Swift as an artist, like, I, she definitely is, you know, doing her thing. Doing her <laughs> thing. <laughs> I'll, I'll let her know. <laughs> yeah, good. Yeah. <laughs> she, that, that should be the review for Red. She's doing her thing. If you had to interview Taylor tomorrow, what oh, would God. you ask her? Uh, first and would off, you make sure you listen to her whole damn album? Yeah, I prep for my interviews. I'm okay. pretty good about that. I wasn't <laughs> ready for this podcast right now, okay? I'm pretty good. Yeah, no, I would listen to the album and I would look up interview. I would look up like a lot of stuff. I would try to find as much. Here's the problem. When it's somebody like Taylor, it's hard to find info that's not like someone writing about her. That's not like direct sort from the source, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, so well, I don't know say, what, what I would, would you be her. curious about her? Uh, as like I said, as a, I'm trying to get the male perspective here because I have a very, I think, female perspective, and I tend to have, I think, I've only had really female guests on, right? So, I mean, your 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 show, I mean, it's good. I like your podcast a lot, but it is definitely female perspective heavy. I would say. I would agree with you there. What I don't really that? know though. It's hard because I'm not really interested in the same things you know yeah but just as from a person a per- a but person. like you're asking me for the male perspective on it but i don't know what no, you want just from you me. just you what would you want to know about someone of taylor swift's level of fame talent songwriting abilities just as a musician yeah i know i'm i i take a long time to write my questions you can't even give me one off the cuff uh one off the cuff uh it's like pulling teeth, guys. I know it's it's hard. I, you're you're putting me on the spot here, Bales, and I'm I'm running up the timestamp, and I'm I'm well aware. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. I can't think of anything right now. 
All right. So let's get Danny's perspective because I know she has a lot of <laughs> thoughts. Can you give us your thoughts on – okay, I want to hear your thoughts on Jake Gyllenhaal and all of the shit going on with him on this. I want your thoughts on what your favorite new song is and what you would ask Taylor Swift. Pause before you get her perspective. I have a question. I'd want to ask her about her thoughts on the whole Jake Gyllenhaal thing and his name being dragged in the mud. And if that was really her intention behind oh, it. Oh, 100, 1,000%. The guy who plays – no, I know, the, I know. I heard your podcast about oh, yeah. about the Jake, the Jake yeah, Lyon, like Jake come, Lyon. Come on, yeah, I know, but like, how petty on can top you be? of that? 10 wait, years? can we can we bring up another thing that I didn't address in the last podcast? At at one point in the ten minute video, Sadie kisses him upside down, very reminiscent of the Spider Man kiss. Right. I mean, is it a coincidence that Jake Gyllenhaal plays a villain in the most recent reboot of Spider Man? I mean, touche. I mean, come like the the signs are and it's always I think I've said this before, like the songs about Jake Gyllenhaal have always been so clearly about, about Jake him. Gyllenhaal. Yeah, I, it, there's not much up for ambiguity. Yeah, I mean, I suppose songs. I would be less so curious about what her response is and more, more less so curious about what she's going to say and more so curious about like her body language of like being direct because I don't really you don't really see people directly asking about like juicy goss. Yeah, interviews well, but I think it's, it's also hard because it's like, why are we so obsessed with who Taylor is dating? And that's yeah. what I struggle with because on the one hand, I'm like, I don't want to view Taylor just through the lens of who she's dated and right. the males she's been with and yada yada. Like, I want to see her as who she is. Right. But I do think it makes it difficult when you have where she when she does things like that, where yeah. she plants these Easter eggs that make it so clear, like, yes, I'm directing you towards a specific person here right. and not just a theme. So I don't know. I struggle with that because I'm like, I want to separate her from like the patriarchy of it. Right. But right. yet. Yeah. But there's also the, the just innate curiosity of. Like, oh, exactly. It's a like, mystery. Let me know. It's like, like a mystery to solve. And I love that she never comes out and straight says it. So it's fun to pick it apart and right. try to figure it out. I think yeah. That's... I feel like it's probably better that she doesn't straight say it because then you can play your own like put your own like, oh, well, I think you, you make your own fan theories. Of course. You know? Yeah. It makes it more fun when you can also kind of. I think it makes it easier, A, to put yourself in the shoes, feel more empathy for everyone involved because you don't necessarily know exactly who it is. And it just, I don't know, I love an Easter egg, and she's the queen of Easter eggs. I think what I'd like to ask her isn't even so much about her. Well, I guess it is. I would love to know how she comes up with all of her Easter eggs and how she does that planning process because she plans things so far in advance I want to know if she has like one of those walls and everything's plotted out and it's just like a whole wall in her house that plots out every lyric, connects it with a lyric like 10 years, you know, with like the red lines and shit. Like Styles and Teen Wolf. Yeah. A. A. Dylan O'Brien. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, because I just don't know how, maybe she just has like a, a trap memory like Kenzie does and she doesn't need a visual representation. But I think if I was doing the kind of stuff she did, I would need it so plotted out and the way she uses dates and she just everything. She's always five steps ahead. And I would just love to know how she does it. I just don't know how she's the energy for it. I just don't think I would. I don't think I'd have the energy to have like, I don't know. I don't think I could do it. Like, like I don't like planning Easter eggs and like, and she writes about people a lot. And granted, I've never gone through a baker breakup or anything, but like, I just, I don't think I would have the energy to be like, let me, consume all my like writing and and doing this about 
people because she does write about people. She writes about breakups all the time. Oh yeah. Well, but also like not hey to break it to you, Trey, but like you are not like Taylor Swift. I know I'm not Taylor Swift. I'm just saying I don't. I agree with you. I don't think most normal people would yeah, have the yeah, energy saying, and yeah. like ability and talent to do it. I I sure as hell yeah. wouldn't. Like I couldn't even try. I tried to write a pop song before, guys. You've heard you've heard my attempts. I will say Bailey's freestyling is always pretty impressive. I should. I wish I could record her at all moments because her freestyling is pretty good. I was like, you know what? That that was that was a bad off the cuff. You I know? mean, I'm, it's a little rusty, but you know, we could we could put a couple chords in there. We could switch out some words, and then we've got it. We've got ourselves a chorus. I mean, I'm constantly making up songs, but they have no rhyme or reason, and it's usually about Gergi. I'm like, look at you. You're looking so cute. You're licking your paws. Oh, what a dog. You know, I was listening uh, earlier when we were listening to the radio out there. They have me and Julio down by the schoolyard by Paul Simon, which is one of the most famous Paul, it, probably the most pa- famous Paul Simon song. But it is a song that has befuddled um, so many listeners and even music critics because no one can figure out what it's about. And they're like, is there a story behind it? Uh, what is the deeper meaning of it? And like, no one's really ever figured it out. It's like, what, what did they say? You know, it's like, it was against the law with the Papa saw. It's like, well, what did he see? Why are, why are you and Julio down at the schoolyard? Like, yeah. why are you going to skip, uh, stick him in the house of detention? There's so many questions about it. And so if you think about it, you know, me and Julio is a great song. And if you're ever scared that it's not going to make any sense, just remember that <laughs> that song. Well, thank you for those words of encouragement. But I also think that kind of makes me think about the other reason Taylor Swift keeps things ambiguous because it it's that th- thing of like analyzing stuff when you're in English class. Yeah, exactly. Like, or or an art piece. The you're subjective never, nature of yeah, it. Yeah, you're never going to know exactly like what no. alignment or what the purpose of it was. Yeah. And I think that adds to like, I don't even know. Like, it adds like there's like more dimension to to the song. I think. Yeah, and the individual experience of it. Yeah. Uh, okay, so Danny, I'm sorry we you got interrupted for like the fiftieth time today. Um, That's just Danny. She's the third born. That's unfortunate of the yeah, younger middle, middle. Child syndrome. Here, hold hold the mic. All right, I'll hold the mic. All so right. our first question was, uh, we want I wanted to know your thought on the Jake Gyllenhaal stuff. So with Jake Gyllenhaal, I'm a little torn because on the one hand. It's kind of inevitable that he was going to be re-brought up during this whole mess of her re-releasing this album. And it's one of the messier albums I think she's ever written. And weirdly, like, a cult favorite. Like, I feel like most of, like, the intense Swifties, for some reason, love Red the most. And it was our least favorite for years. Is it still your least favorite? I think it might be. I'm finding a new love with it with the re-release. Though. You like the bonus songs, though. No, I like I, I like all of them. I, I, I don't know. I forgot how much I love Treacherous. Yeah, there's a couple there's a couple gems. I agree. I like it more upon hearing it for the second time. I have listened to the whole album a concerning number of times in the two weeks since it's been out. But again, I think it was inevitable that he was going to be re-brought up. I think people take themselves way too seriously and are way too vitriolic towards this person who it's like, bro, she's in her 30s now. He's almost 40, if not 40. And this was so long ago. I think we can kind of write it off as... One, she dated him too. It's not a one-way street. And granted, he is older. I do still think that's creepy. But whatever, as much of a dick as he may have been, does he really deserve what's coming at him right now? Maybe not. I think it's fine to take it like lighthearted as a joke. And you know, jokingly, the day it came out, be like, "Oh, it's Jake Gyllenhaal hate day." But when you take it much further than that, it's a little bit ridiculous. I think. Yeah, Bailey and I agreed on this. Um, 
I don't know if Bailey had said it at first or whatnot, but it was one of those things that like when you're listening to it, I totally agree with like he so many things, everything that you said. But at the end of the day, like obviously I don't know the full depths of their relationship because you were not the ones part of it. Right. But from what it seems like in the um, songs, at least, and from the outward appearance, it was like. He sounds kind of like just a 29-year-old guy who's kind of an asshole. Like, it doesn't seem like, um, there's some parts about it I was like, yeah, that was definitely a dick move of you, but like, I agree. I don't think it's intentional. I think it was just like, that's just a guy. And sadly, the bar is so low for your, your type. Yeah. And also, I just think (laughs) in general, like relationships are kind of complicated and there's arguments and i do think it's creepy like the age difference and definitely there's some like probably some manipulation going on there and power issues power issues yeah well and you know part of the reason i also want your perspective not just the male perspective but you're also the only one of us who i would classify as being in a ever being in like a serious relationship yeah yeah, but I mean, you guys said they dated for like four months. You don't know a person <laughs> at four months. Yeah. I, I mean, you know so little about a person like yeah. at that point. Like, oh, and really? also it's like, yeah, like you're 29 years old. Like, I, I don't know. I just feel like, I, again, relationships are complicated too. And like things are messy and like, I don't know. Yeah. And honestly, this is me kind of skipping ahead to your third question, but I think it's relevant to this song in particular And I'm always curious when she writes songs like this, how much of it is really you processing your feelings? Like, for example, I feel like Olivia Rodrigo, her entire album is very clearly about one person or seemingly at least about one person, one situation. Um, And so I'm like, how much of that is you processing your feelings, Taylor? And how much of that is you telling a story? And do you do you really see a difference between the two? Is this more of you literally just because two of her albums, like the last two releases she had were almost purely storytelling i would argue like they were all short stories in and of themselves and songs like this i mean it's 10 minutes long and i think she probably wrote it in a rage like she kind of explains her process in the 10 minute version um but to an extent i'm like yeah is that just that's just you being hurt i think everybody's hurt after a breakup but how much of that is really deserved towards him especially the hate he gets from it yeah, agree. Agree. I think it was very raw when she originally wrote this. And Danny, I brought that up last week that I think this this was this album in particular was the beginning of her using that storytelling about other people. I mean, Starlight is about um, you know, Connor Kennedy. She's kind of creating this story for Connor Kennedy's yeah, family Robin Ethel, back Robin in the Ethel day. Kennedy. Yeah, and you see that carry over and like you said really a lot in her Well, and the lucky ones. one has a very uh I don't think it's Marilyn Monroe, but it has a very like classic hollywood starlet yeah story behind it too yeah wait so what was your favorite of the the new ones so of the new ones i had told bailey originally that it was girl at home and then she informed me somewhat angrily i don't know how to characterize your tone that that had been released before thank you very much um i somehow had never heard it and thought it was brand new so if that doesn't count which i still think it should I would say my favorite was the very first night, just because I think it's so kind of absurd. I felt like I should be doing a line dance to it, which is a really weird reason to like a song. But yeah, it just makes me happy to listen to. That's the one where like I'd pick you up and we go back in time, right? Yeah, I actually really like that one too. And usually, you Danny love Message and I, in a Bottle. Though. Well, That's I love Message favorite. in a Bottle because it's it's Max Martin. It's Max Martin and Shellback and. 
um, unpopular opinion. A lot of people like Taylor's more dramatic songs and the lyrical beauty. And they are, I, I there's, I, I see the beauty in those songs, but I love a straight up Max Martin Shellback bop that you get in Message in a Bottle. It's frivolous. It's fluffy. It's Prosecco bubbles. Give it to me. It's very interesting because I feel like with Red, like the album, as we've always said, is um, not one of our favorites, but thematically is the most important because I think that she pulls a lot of her metaphors, her later imagery, everything from it. But it's really weird because I think a lot of her bonus tracks do not match Met Red. Yeah. But like, I, I feel like a lot of those bonus tracks shouldn't really be bonus tracks. There's always bridge songs that I feel like bridge between that album and her next. And her next yes. was 1989. And I think a lot yes. of these songs are representative. A lot of the of, bonus songs are. But, yeah. but it's like listening to like thematically like Message in a Bottle does not fit red. Very first night. The first night does not fit red. But again, like, it fits 1989. Yes, okay, I we're getting to We're getting into the woods here. No pun in, intended. Are we out of the woods yet? <laughs> um, what would you want to ask Taylor? And then we'll move on to our ending. I already covered that. Oh, what was it? The, the storytelling versus processing. Oh, I'm sorry. You're right. You kind of rolled it into your... I'm sorry, Danny. I tried to explain. Yes, I'm sorry. Um, okay, so... Do you guys have any legit shits to share since I think we've reached the end of this episode? I do. Yay. Yeah, so I got the Lange. I actually don't know if that's how you pronounce it or exactly what it's called because it has a fancy name, but it's essentially a straightener that makes it really easy to curl your hair because it clamps down. So, like, you don't have to hold the straightener down on your hair the whole time. It does it for you. Um, And it has an air tool, like, built in so it sets your curl as you're doing it. I don't know if it's great for long hair because it has a short barrel, but I think it curls my hair so quickly and so well, and I'm obsessed with it. Okay, not to yuck her yum, but I it doesn't really work that great on my hair. And I, so I'm thinking maybe it works better with finer, like straighter hair, not like curly hair. Yeah, maybe shorter too. Yeah. And that, guys, you guys? I don't have any. You don't have any? You can't pull something out of... Uh, yeah, Bob Evans uh, microwavable mashed potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> they slap, and they are amazing. And anyone who wants to hate on them can... Is that what we had today? Yeah. Oh, it's Bob Evans brand? Yeah, I'm pretty positive. We always use, yeah, microwavable. No, we did not have Bob They're Evans. Bob we had Evans. Simply Mashed. Yeah. Oh, I'm it's so sorry. You're right. Mashed, it is Simply dude. Mashed. You're right. It is Simply Mashed. Yeah, so we always use microwave mashed well, this... potatoes. It's yeah, so they're much better. easier, and they're really good. They are really good. And, and you they're put made butter with real mashed potatoes. Yeah, yeah, and you just put butter on them, and they're amazing. Yeah, agreed. Or the Gardein uh, turkey cutlets. Those were pretty good. <laughs> yeah, so um, half. So we have a family of six, and half of our family is pescatarian, so we uh, we got some Gardein turkey cutlets. <laughs> yeah. I feel like for Danny and Trey, I should push stuff that we've got them before. So, well, uh, well, not we, like, that were bought for them. Trey has this shoe brand that is a Brazilian shoe brand called Carayumas. Um, I don't even know if I'm pronouncing that correct, but they're really fun. And Danny, with her crocheting business, loves Wool in the Gang, which is a very awesome site that you can buy tons of yarn from. You should definitely check them out. And, yeah, because I felt like the they needed more than if you, for your christmas list how about that yeah Bailey? yeah 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 we're adding on to that okay i'll add another to the christmas list five because i haven't talked about bonbon whims yet i don't think oh no we haven't i don't think so i got this ring for kenzie from this company called bonbon whims and olivia rodrigo has worn them in her 
I'm good for you. I'm myself if I have talked about this in a legit shit. But let's say we haven't. Um, but yeah, in the good for you video, she wears one. A, a celebs love them. Like all the little trendy celeb girls have them and they're very cute. And I think they're doing a Black Friday sale right now if you want to check them out and put it on your Christmas list. Bailey bought one for me. Yeah. So yeah, I, I have that. And then I have um, if you like if you're in New York and you like coffee shops, go to the Elk. Maybe you'll see Joshua Bassett there. <laughs> Um, yeah, she so got me socks. Too. I got her a very theme. Last time I was in New York, I got her a bonbon whims ring and found, and this was coincidentally, I didn't know Olivia Rodrigo had worn it, but I purposely bought her socks from the elk because it's like this running thing that Joshua Bassett is always at the elk in New York city. So, and accidentally I got her two high school musical, the musical, the series, the series. themed, uh, gifts. Yeah. Very fitting. So, guys, I hope you found some value or entertainment in that. I know it wasn't my normal, usual episode, but I couldn't pass up having all of my siblings together here and a chance to record with them. Thank you all for coming on. I love you all very much, and I will see you next week. Bye.